the tips podcast back again for a, another edition of the weekly pod and to break it down with me ac welcome back and oe incoming under a month yes mate exciting i a lot of admin to do i've got to get my wisdom teeth out next week it's it's a little bit daunting but equally bloody excited how's your weekend mate uh, pretty pretty boring on this front. Not not a whole heap achieved or done. So, but that's okay. Just parked up, watched a bit of the footy, got upset at the Warriors, and that that was about the extent of my weekend. What about you? Did you get back out on the golf course after a bit of a hiatus? Yeah, I played on Saturday. I hadn't played in oh since the Hillary, so but over a month. Um, Doubled the first two holes. I didn't have a putt on the putting green and paid for it. Three putt the first two greens. And then kind of rode the ship and ended up with an 81. We were finishing in the dark, so it was pretty tough. Uh, I couldn't really see the ball for the last two holes. Oh, yeah. Nice. But, but like a tiger at the Bridgestone back in the back in the day, just down the 18th at Teiki in the, in the dark. Yeah. How'd, the other, how'd the other boys go? Ah, uh, some mixed stuff. Yeah, the boys struggled. I actually was probably the pick of them, I'd say, in terms of handicap. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty rusty all around. Admittedly, we haven't been playing a lot of golf since the Hillary. There's kind of a bit of a, a golf hangover that happens after it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely finding that. I was supposed to get out this weekend. It was just a a little bit cold and I just couldn't be bothered, but I'm, I'm making a, I'm going to get out next weekend and, and King's birthday weekend. I'm going to make sure I, I get some reps in cause I, I need to get back out there cause I've just, I'm not achieving much with my weekends at the moment. And I'm just, I need to, need to start hitting some seeds. I'll, I'll distribute a whole heap of them though. Jeez. It'll be, it'll be rough, rough to watch the first couple of rounds back. Yeah, that's fair, mate. It'll be good to – I can't wait for you to get back on the course and hear some of the dribble that comes out of your mouth in the group chats about your left miss. But anyway, oh, yeah. we, while we were on the golf course yesterday, we um, we were having a discussion. We were trying to work out where the term four came from. Do you have any idea? <laughs> no, I don't. Do you, can you give me an error of when it originated, and then I can have a bit of a bit of an educated guess? Well, the Middle Ages, they say We're, they actually don't fucking know. It's there's three different theories, um, and so it was pretty unsatisfactory. But I thought there'd be a good reason for it, but there there kind of isn't. The main one is that the like basically originated in the Middle Ages, so. During that period, kind of four was the prefix for a, a head. So, like words like foretold, etc. Um, so basically, it's saying look ahead. Okay. Which I was like, that is a bloody boring reason. Yeah, I thought it was going to be have something to do with like a an incoming call in the war, or <laughs> I don't know. That, that would that would have been, been my, my guess, guess too, mate. Yeah, it yeah. would have been. I, 
It was pretty unsatisfactory, really. Why did that? Why did that come up? Did you have to? <laughs> did you boys have to call it a couple of times? It, it wasn't my nurry, but yeah, it did come up when a few of the boys hit one a, a bit left off um, the fourth tee at Turkey down that hill onto the eighth. <laughs> Mate, we'll, we'll break down that. Well, we won't break down, but we'll talk about Emilio Grillo's second tour win, first in over seven years. Uh, I don't know what you you call to him, but just from my point of view, geez, like he looks like a perfect draft pick for Talk GC, and he just hasn't he hasn't gone yet. But so credit to him. One on a on a tricky golf course. I I enjoyed the golf this week. I think any tour event that stays under ten under is is a is a good good event and a success. So he was the best golfer on display. I uh, I don't know what you caught of Grillo's game, but did you see any of that final round? Yes, I saw. I saw a bits and pieces of the final round. I must say, I had a pretty busy Monday at work today, so I, but I did watch a lot of the um, coverage on Sunday and Saturday. But yeah, as you say about the course, it it's getting redesigned by Gil Hance um, over the break, so it will look a little different next year. But the thing about it is, even though they talk about how short it is and how you don't you can kind of go over the corner of dog legs it seems to hold up to scoring really well and that's the firm greens holy crap if you were coming out of rough it was almost impossible to stop it yeah which is great for viewing in my opinion geez i love seeing some some pros get uncomfortable on the on the putting surface yeah and in terms of grillo like he he's one of those guys i don't know that much about and probably because i just pronounced his name wrong um he, you, you kind of see him on page of the leaderboards but he's not someone i'd recognize if i saw him in the street but a very solid week second in strokes game putting 20th in strokes game td green the shot he hit into that par three to close that playoff was seriously clutch and he had a bit of a nervy kind of five footer left to right break which is always a bit awkward for right handers and just drilled it so credit to him yeah especially because he he tried his best to to lose it on the last hole in regulation play i don't know if you caught that his uh his ball found the drink and just kept floating downstream for five minutes like it was unbelievable I think it was yeah. about 100 metres in the end, 100 yards. That would have been a, you... a break, a great break if it had just found its way to just come out of the current and up onto the the embankment 100 metres down the, down the drink. He would have just hoped that it found that rock a little bit, found a rock a little bit earlier than 100 metres down the track. Yeah, uh, it was... It was pretty pretty outrageous just watching everyone just kind of follow it down the, the <laughs> creek and it just it just was not sw- stopping. It, it reminded me of when you're a kid and you got in the creek and had like race sticks down the down, down the creek. It was very similar. And yeah, I was about to say, the, the way the crowd followed it like it was, I don't know, you wouldn't think a crowd would fuss that much over a golf ball, but they did. What about... Foxy this week, uh, 
another really good start that just he couldn't couldn't kind of hang on to. Uh, just eye test wise, it's just the puttings or and kind of stats wise, the putting's just real rocks or diamonds. Like I know he putted well this week, was twenty sixth in strokes gained putting, but at the PGA round one, like he was, he gained. 3.7 strokes on the green and then round four he lost three it's just like it doesn't feel like there's a consistent in between but part of okay this week but yeah that's just what I kind of think of his game at the moment it's just he can putt hang with the best of them and then he but when it goes wrong it goes goes south pretty quickly mm-hmm. on the greens that's just my opinion I don't I don't know what you think of of his game at the moment yeah, it's for me. It's not so much the putting; it's just him trying to find four rounds where kind of all of his game is there. It just always seems like there's something one element of his game's off. But the one thing I will add is that these are these are new golf courses for Foxy and Minwoo, and like a lot of these players have played here a few times. So I think. They'll be getting their first look around most places this year, which is always a little bit trickier. Yeah, for sure. And I suppose we do have to disclose he's he hasn't played much much golf at all. So I'll, I'm willing to give him a bit of a, a grace period on tour, get a few more starts under his belt before I really start picking apart his performance on what it, what was a really solid week for him. Hey, Scheffler, T3. I know we talk about him a lot, but... That putter is just ice cold. It's um, I don't know if it's worrying yet, um, but his first to, first tee to green, he gained fifteen shots on the field over the over the week, and in that category, the nearest to him was Sam Burns, and he was six shots back of that. So Sam Burns gained nine strokes on the field. So that's how good Scheffler's hitting it compared to the rest of his his peers, but. The putter man. He lost four shots on the greens this week, and it's been a it's been a trend. It happened at the PGA, happened at Augusta. When are you worried about his putting? Or yeah, I'm, I am worried about his putting. I was just thinking this afternoon when I was looking over a, a few things for the pod. I was like, man, could we could we see a, a putter change for Scotty Scheffler going into the last couple of majors? I. I I don't think that'd be a bad call because it's it's not the putting stroke that's that's the issue. It's I'd I'd say it's ninety percent mental demons at the moment. Like your putting stroke just doesn't give out overnight. Like kind of well, it's been a little bit of a slow burn, but it doesn't just disappear like that. It's I just think maybe just sub something in, freshen up a little bit, and 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 see how you go. But geez. I don't know if I'd be taking flat stick advice off a guy who, who probably lost about six shots to the field at the Hillary on the greens mm. and pogged twice, three times. Yeah, it's it's a funny one. It's it's definitely long enough to say it's a bit more than a slump. But then again, whenever I watch him, it feels like he's hitting decent putts. They're just not dropping. So yeah. that could change. As well, and as you say, if it's not a stroke thing, then you think he'll overcome it. And he's that kind of guy. I, like, yes, it will phase him. There was that video that went around with his putting coach, and he seemed pretty animated. But um, you'd think 
it's not far away from at least being field average. And that's all he actually needs to win at the moment. Just while we're on, Scotty, we might as well break down the rest of our, our weekly punts. I punted Scotty this week and was pretty hopeful. Our punts were burning edges this week. We, were, mm. we, we didn't have any collects, but we were, we were riding it late. Uh, I punted Scotty and Max Homer to win, and they both finished in the top 10. AC, let the listeners know what your punts were. Yeah, so I punted Justin Rose to win. He's got a great record around um, the course. But like Scheffler, he was third tee to green, slightly better putting, but still lost 2.7 on the green. So 61st in the field for the week in putting. So it's not great for him. T16 for Victor, who I also punted, um, 36 tee to green, which is unlike him. He was 17th in putting, so he putted well. Man, it was disappointing today. I was, I thought, to be honest, I thought my money was a huge sniff when he walked onto the 10th green and he was at minus seven and the leader of it, minus eight would get you into a playoff. So he then proceeds to hit one in the drink on 13. He made a nice up and down from the drop zone actually just to make bogey. Doubles 14, bogey 16, 17 and finishes minus two for the tournament. But that was... Really tough to watch. He, it was kind of, to me, it was his time just to snatch it off some people that haven't been under the bright lights before, and he didn't. Maybe a little bit of a PGA hangover for for Victor. He's been, yeah. geez, he's been playing well, well this season with without any kind of kind of reward. Uh, I've, I've got one more to mention. He was also punted um, Carson Young at T. And he was T21. Bit of a heartbreaking one. I punted him top 20 as well. I thought it would be his week. He shot 75 5 over on Saturday. So that's what put the nail in the coffin. But just, yeah. I'd rather him finish T30 after that than T21. It just really rubs it in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well. Uh, the boys will just reload and, and have a crack again next week. Uh, have you got any early mail? Question without notice or? Mm, no, nah, not sure yet. Just on Carson Young while we're at it, he's, I think he's a sneaky one to win a, I don't think he'll win an elevated event, but I think he's a sneaky one to win like a an off, an off peak week. He can get seriously hot. He qualified for the US Open during the week and shot minus 16 for two rounds. He's, um, yeah, that's, that's he's got a, he's got something about him. Well, there you go, punters. Just keep that, keep that in your little black box, just to to pull on if you if you need a little bit of a smoky gun going forward. There was no block party this week in <laughs> at Colonial. Uh, what did you kind of make of that uh, of the Michael Block performance and kind of that uh, that podcast that he jumped on in the lead up to and kind of chuck those comments out there that. May have been throwaway comments, but geez, it just—it was a bit of a poor look. But one thing I will say is, if you're doing the amount of interviews he'd been doing, like you're bound to say one thing that's just gonna rub someone the wrong way, and and he and he did, and then he backed it up with a 81 in the first round. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly the media turned on him this week. It was actually pretty incredible. 
Last week I was really hard on him, and maybe not him, but just the whole coverage of him. But this week I actually felt bad for him because he's just been thrust into the spotlight. I was keeping an eye on his Instagram followers during the week, and they'd climb up like 50K a day. <laughs> That's <And> so bad. <laughs> I just think it was, yeah, it was a stupid comment, and he's gonna he's copped heat for it, but I... I think it was more an experience. He's, I think a guy like him, you know, all those PGA Tour players are media trained and stuff, and it's just a slip of the tongue, really. And I, I, I'm not going to begrudge it for him for it. I just think it's kind of a, it's kind of shown that last week was a bit of, a bit of mayo, and they just need to calm down on it. Yeah, and just for those of you that that didn't hear what what was said is. He was on a on a podcast which I don't know the name of. Uh, he and the host asked him, uh, "What's pretty much what's the difference between him and Rory?" And, and he just said, "Just pretty much the how far he he hits the ball off the tee." He said, "If if he could play from Rory's drives, he'd be one of the best players in the world." I'm paraphrasing, but that was kind of along the lines of what he said. He said he has a world class. Short game, which like he, man, he probably has a better short game than most, but world class. When you think of world class short games, you're thinking of Jordan Spieth, Tiger, mm. Phil. Um, it's kind, of, it's kind of like saying, oh yeah, if I had um, Latrell Mitchell's talent and body, I'd be a good NRL player. Like yeah, of course. Like <laughs> I, just, I thought, it, yeah, it was a stupid thing to say. Just la- I don't know if you've got anything else to cover from the Charles Swab, but just Harry Hall, who was in the mix for a, a long period of that tournament, the Englishman, with probably one of the worst hats of known to man. Jeez, like you had Bryson with the cheese cutter, and then you just had what was that? The color was horrific. It kind of looks like a. Yeah, man, I couldn't cop that. And it kind of reminded me of when, like, a middle-aged person goes to, like, a young... Wears something like a young person wears and think they're cool, but you're just kind of... You're just not pulling it off. It kind of looked like a beret rather than a <laughs> cheese cutter. It yeah. Was a, it was an interesting get-up. And I just think those style of hats when they're, like, logoed with... With sponsors, just looks so bad. Yeah, and you've kind of, man, I'm no fashion expert, but I feel like if you're going to wear that, you have to make your whole kit pretty retro. Yeah, like wear the high socks. Yeah, you've got to, I think you have to fully go hard, otherwise it just looks out of place. We can't, yeah, you tuck the the pants into the socks and wear the the pleated uh, vest and... Mm. And have a have a proper crack, but yeah, I it was ten in the bin for me that that hat. Yeah. Jeez, I I didn't rate it at all. Yeah, maybe that hat can be purchased as one of our punishments if you um, if you lose the punts this year. Yeah, you have to wear that for ten rounds in a row or something. <laughs> oh well, head over to the KLM Open in in the Netherlands on the DP World Tour. Where Pablo Larrazabal 
apologies if I've said his name wrong, but he got his second win of the of the DP World Tour season at 40 years old. Uh, pretty pretty good story, but a, a really good finish for Dan Hillier this week. Fifth by himself, a really good performance. It was on and during the middle of the night, and I kind of got up and watched a little bit last night just because I thought I'd they'd have a little bit more coverage on him, but I didn't see a whole heap of his heap of his stuff, which was a little bit disappointing. But that was quite a cool golf course. It was. I watched a heap on uh, Saturday night. Sunday night was a bit late, and he was just super solid, dumping them in the middle of greens. He had a lot of good parts that didn't go in. There was um, the on-course commentator also mentioned he was a big fan of him, thinks he's got a lot of potential, which is an awesome endorsement. Um, but I think two things out of that is, one, the experience of being right in the mix of a DP event, and two, just the confidence he'll gain from a great finish. Yeah, I agree. And he's playing a he's playing a lot on the in these events with with all due respect, le- like lesser fields, and he's a quality player. So I wouldn't be surprised that if this is just the starter, seeing him at the top of top of the leaderboards. Yeah, and even just you can jump up the rankings very quickly. I think he's about one hundred and four now. He's he jumped up thirty eight spaces. So. It only takes a couple of those weeks and you can be right in the top kind of 50 for the race to Dubai. Um, I also found it really, uh, what's the word, impressive that I saw on his Instagram that he said that he didn't have his best stuff yesterday and still managed to grind out a one underscore, which under the gun as well, that's that's great signs. Oh, absolutely. I, you can't. Can't wait to see what the the future holds, and it's good to see a couple of guys from from New Zealand on the world stage, like producing some some results on on different tours. It's it's great signs. Yeah, for sure. Like we all want more players to root for us Kiwis. Just while we're on the DP tour, did you see they had the adaptive golfers teeing off the eighth hole? Yes, I did. That looked like a fucking pretty hard hole for anyone to to, to play. <laughs> like I'm sure it was awesome initiative. Basically, for those that didn't see, they had they had kind of one adaptive golfer tee off with the players as they went on this par three, which you had to carry probably about 130 yards of water. One, yeah, maybe 140. It was yeah, it, looked, it was a tough golf shot. And they, these people will remember this for the rest of their life, but there was, I thought it was an interesting choice of hole, to say the least. Like, yeah, it was exciting, but yeah. there's a couple poor kids that flushed these drivers, and they might have rolled up to a par three ordinarily, and they just dumped them in the water like 40 short of the green. I was like, that's kind of deflating for the kid. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I agree. There's – yeah, it was it was tough. Like, and, and not to mention, like, over the water were – were bunkers and then so you had to fly the water and the sand mm. to get it on the on the green and yeah it was it was tough it 
they they do this quite a lot though, which is it is like you said a great initiative, and it is it's good to see, and it offers something a little bit different. Those those beat the pro holes. It's it's real cool, and but yeah, that was probably the wrong hole to do it on. But I I'd say there would have been some logistical things around it that made that made mm. it that hole. Yeah, and that was where the one of the bigger crowds were too. So probably just the thrill of that as well for them. But yeah, I did think it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I tell you what was interesting is I I thought my Ironheads over in Washington DC were were in for in for a special day at the office, but after a t- ten under team team score on day one, and then they followed it up with with plus four to finish to finish a no no surprises c1 kim 14 over for the tournament none of his scores counted on any of the day i want him out i need it i need someone drafted in he's just he is just letting the boys down when they need him and it's it's disappointing uh we've only had one top five at tuscon and the cliques have only had one top five at orlando so I didn't see where the cliques finished this week, but yeah, we were seventh. Yes, the, this the boys week. need to get off the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, oh, we were seventh this week. Twelfth, middle of a table the, clash. Yeah, twelfth for the overall standings, which is last. Um, yeah, some real, real tough stuff going on in the cliques. I'm calling for an overhaul during the off season. Um, I think they should start Blandy tanking. Out. I think they should start tanking for some draft picks next year. It's put a line through yeah, this season. Um, like I looked in the yeah. players' standings, right? And so there's kind of like 52, but there's 48 regulars. And in the players' standings, my the cliques boys, my boys, the best is GMAC at 38th in the individual rankings. So, man, you can't be... You're not going to be going good with that sort of carry-on. And I'm looking at Blandy. He's 41st. He needs to find a spark. He He's our man. And I, when you're saying Richard Bland's your man, you're <laughs> some serious drive. But he needs to front up. What I, what I want is I live being a controversial golf league. I want, I want some, like, controversial sports managers – to be, to be, put in charge of each of these teams, uh, or just say so I I reckon the Ironheads could benefit from, I don't know having having someone like Angel Cabrera just sh- show these boys how to how to win a war in charge just non-playing captains I think you could find them from from around the world just just to. And and have a bit more of a squad. So like, we've got no choice but to pick C one, and he's just playing like an absolute battler, like fourteen over through three rounds, and he made the cut at the PGA last week. Like, what is going on? Yeah, if I was manager of my boys, I think I'd probably look to Anthony Kim. I think he could be a great oh, addition great to the call. side. Ah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we need yeah, some just... inspiration from a different sport. Maybe like, I don't know. Maybe Sir Alex Ferguson can can come over and install some belief in yeah. my boys. 
That's a, not a not a bad shout. I want someone that's a little bit crazy. Just come in and just just because I think the Ironheads need a spray, and I think Kevin Nas got too much of a say. I need. I need I need some blow ups in the locker room. I need some shit throwing. I need I need some hostility because there's just too much complacency going on at the moment. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to as an outsider to see uh, both our teams struggling. But we can say all we like, but the boys just need to front up. <laughs> yeah, they do. We haven't even mentioned who. <laughs> Who won the individual event? Harold Varner the third got got the job done. He he seems like a good bloke, Harold Varner the third. I'm happy for that. He's he's always said he grew up um pretty rough and that sort of money is generational wealth. Four mil, I think it was, US. So yeah, good on him. He's always been honest about it. And he it said too. he's going to give, yeah. And he he said he's going to give a majority of it to his foundation too. So, right, can't can't fault him. Brooks, fresh out of a bender, just turned up and was respectable. But I don't know if you saw any of the footage of footage of him through the week, especially at that ice hockey game. He didn't he didn't look like he had any intention of blinking for <laughs> for a for a oh. good quarter of that game, but. Who let him Jeez. out? Who let him Come. out in public like that? Two satellites just beaming. Yeah, yeah like give the give the man some Ray Bans at least. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that was right. Um, Liv obviously don't yeah, do drug nah, testing. Pretty funny. Yeah, al- allegedly, allegedly. Mm. Well, <laughs> I think it's time to probably just head straight into. Our playoff hole is about half an hour. NAC. Uh, where do where do you want to go first? Do you have anything to tee off on this week? Yeah, I do. Aggressive drivers. It's it's a pandemic. Um, we have this like pedestrian crossing by work, and you know the ones that are like the traffic light ones. Um, yeah, and the amount of like dodgy oranges running reds i see on that it's ridiculous and with people actually about to walk over it it's gonna be a disaster one day and whoever the flogs are that are doing this they're just they're a disgrace to humanity they shouldn't be it's so bad fair enough hard to argue with that it does get a little bit congested around the the ham east and there are some some dicey drivers, but mate, the the driving in in Sydney is a, a different kettle of fish. It's just like crazy. That geez, they love a horn too. It's oh, it's pretty it's pretty tough to deal with. Not and I don't even have a car, and it rattles me. <laughs> I've heard that, and I actually witnessed it last weekend. It was bad. What about you? Have you got teeing off? Yeah, I do. This is becoming a bit of a common theme with my uh, teeing offs, mostly Warriors related recently. But uh, just the pitch invaders at Napier this this weekend, like I think there was about twenty people invading the pitch. Like that's just one way to ruin any of your chances of getting top flight 
rugby league in the in the city, and I've come up with uh, some solutions. I think they either line the they get some of the police in and just let them have tasers. And if you pitch and raid, you just get tasered and just get a ten thousand dollar fine. Unless you're a streaker, you get a slap on the wrist if you a wrist if you're a, if you if you're nude. Like fair play. But like, if you're pitch invading fully clothed, just get off, mate. You're completely disruptive, and yeah. Or I, I think you get you give a couple of local rugby league teams free tickets, let them let them wear their boots and sit and be security. And if if someone invades, just let them let them go. Just let them go on them. And then, yeah, and just up the fines. I think that's mm. pretty crucial. And the worst pitch invader of the lot was Adam Pompey. So. Oh, don't be like that to Adam Pompey. I, <laughs> I'm i firmly in the camp that he's caught way too much here. Yeah, it was a brain explosion, but um, there was plenty of other moments that we butchered during that game and there's yeah. a lot of people. But this is becoming a league podcast if I talk more about that game. But anyway, um, on it, yes, I think it was just embarrassing, really. Um, and they halted our momentum. Broncos were defending, and we've just got pitch invaders. Like they, they clearly don't know their footy and get it back to Mount Smart. I agree. Just get it. Our record must be horrific at non-Mount Smart New Zealand venues. Like, I feel yeah. like we lose every time we take it around the country. I remember one of my first Warriors games was that was that game at uh, Jade Stadium in Christchurch when Kevin Locke wrapped himself around the goalpost. That was a we good won that day. Uh, yeah, it would have been a real we'll, one. We'll move on to our, our listener takes straight away. I think we're starting to have a few technical difficulties so we'll just get through this as quickly as we as we can uh this one's from danny youtube golf is growing the popularity of golf more than the any professional tour and what do you think of that i think it's actually a really good point and it surprises me how popular the YouTube channels are, like the good, good guys, Barstool. Like, I don't really care for their content that much. Like, I love the No Laying Up Boys. Their YouTube content's outstanding. But I can definitely – I notice how much people enjoy it. And I think we've noticed during this pod even that a lot of people just like to see, like, they don't really engage with pro golf as much as you'd think. Yeah, for sure, and I think you can just see how successful they're being with with the endorsement deals and stuff that they're they're getting, signing big money deals to to Callaway and Titleist, TaylorMade, and like I think that's if the big companies see them as as the market, I think Danny's probably pretty spot on. Yeah, and I think there's also levels to it, right? There's there's the coaching stuff. There's like equipment reviews. 
there's watching kind of average golfers play, there's course stuff. Like there's definitely a lot more out there. Yeah, and it's all condensed, isn't it? You don't have to mm. tune into five hours of pro golf four days in a row to, to see who wins. You kind of you can get get your fix off that, and that's the way a lot of people are going, and that's mm. hey, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's a good take, though. It's a great take, and uh, this one's from Sam. How how good for the golf world a live player winning the PGA? I I don't know how good it is for the golf world. I think I think like Brooks Koepka is just a world class player. It's I don't think it matters what tour tour he's on to for that PGA Championship. Mm. Yeah, to me, it depends where he's looking at it in terms of when he's saying good for the golf world. Does he mean the divide? Fan engagement, it's hard to know. But, yeah, I don't think... To me, that didn't do anything different. It didn't change my opinion on anything. Brooks has always been a great performer at majors and won a fifth one. So I don't... Yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. It is... Like, live. It's great for live, but... For the golfing world, I I think the jury's probably still out on that. The one thing I was thinking the other day, though, is like, do the PJ Tour beat their chest when someone wins a major off their tour? Not really. Like, I I don't think it needs to be done because they're still they've they've got through to that tour. Sorry, they've been offered a deal for that tour through their good play. Like, it's not a surprise. Mm. No, for sure. Right. Let's let's wrap up the end of the pod with some golf busters. Just let's make some heads explode, AC. Have you got one for me today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got two today. The first one is, that actor from Happy Gilmore has been hitting them off the hosel a lot. What's going on there? Initials are AS. Second one, this is a colleague's one. This is uh, This is way out of my thinking. A Jamaican bloke tried to warn the blue train that it was about to crash into the forest. Initials are TD. Send them in, everyone. Yeah, really. Yeah, well, I don't even know where to start with those. So, geez, that, that could take me a, a week or so. Uh, we'll wrap up the pod today with Cal's pro tip. And for those of you that are new to the podcast, it's just where I fire out a, a tip that I think helps your game. And it just is, it wouldn't be coached in the by your, by your club pro. Uh, and today is just don't hit any balls on the range before you play. It just gives you a false sense of security. Go on, have a little putt, have a chip, and then just, just get into it. Hard to argue. As a recreational player, I don't know any range session before round that's benefited me. It's normally the opposite. I just get so much head noise. And I always shank them on driving ranges. Don't know why, but there's something about it. Yeah, see, I always hit it like a tour pro on the range. So it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, not great. And, geez, I've, I've got a good one installed for you, for you next week as well. I've already thought ahead with a bit of help from 
from one of the Hillary cohort. I, I think uh, I think you'll appreciate it. So I'll wait for that one next week. I can't wait, brother. I have a feeling I know what it'll be though. Yeah, you probably put two and two together, but anyway, AC, I'll, I'll let you go. It's, it's getting late over there, and cheers, guys, for tuning in again this week. And as always, if you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, and, and share, and, and really get around us so we can start getting some more stuff out. We've got a couple of cool things coming in the pipeline, a couple of interviews that we're going to that we're going to release over the next couple of weeks that we're, we're looking forward to. So let everyone know about us and we'll catch you next week. Cheers, brother. Good fun this week. <laughs>